Well, good morning. Today, I have a message from God for you. My name is John Clark. My wife, Julie, and I served in Mali, West Africa. We started here in Calvary Church, um, but the story actually goes back before that time. Most people associate me with Disneyland. I was one of the first annual pass holders back in the day. My annual pass just had a, it was a laminated card, no barcode or anything. You signed your name in a three-ring binder at the front gate. I'm a little ashamed to admit that I've been over a thousand times, but never actually worked there. In fact, I had such a love of Disney that I opened up a business. Across the street from Disneyland, I used to own the Anaheim Visitor Center at Harbor and Catella. We were Disney's biggest ticket seller outside of Disney. Same thing for Universal Studios, Knott's Berry Farm, SeaWorld. We had the corner on the market. I was living my dream. And then something happened. In March of 20, I'm sorry, March of 2001, God called me in a way that I never expected. I was sitting out there just like you. In fact, that was my seat right there, sir, in the red. What's your name? Ryan, welcome this morning. God has something for you. <laughs> that morning, Max Myers was speaking. And Max Myers started his message out by saying, I have a message from God for you today. And I thought, cool, I better listen up. Because I think God wants to do something with my business. Or maybe God wants to do something with Julie's career. My wife Julie was teaching at Modern Day High School at the time. Something big is about to happen. God, I'm ready. I'm listening. Little did I know that just a few weeks later, I'd be stepping off an airplane in Mali, West Africa, 6,892 miles away from Disneyland. God, how could you do this to me? I went from this to this. And when I got there, I said, okay, God, now what? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not a missionary. I'm a businessman. God, you brought me here. What do you want to do with me? He said, just watch. Just be part of this. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And the verse, Acts 1-8, came to mind. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What I wound up doing after that just blew my mind. I started out working with computers, working with shortwave HF radios to communicate with missionaries out in the middle of the bush. I guess I was so good at it because the next year I got promoted to the mission director of Mali. Wow. Talk about being a fish out of water. Throughout the years, God did things with me that I never expected. I did a national worship tour, leading with some, some, um, some famous musicians from France throughout Mali, including Timbuktu. How many of you have worshipped in Timbuktu? <laughs> I have had opportunities to show the Jesus film, something I had never heard of before, doing evangelism campaigns, doing things that I never expected. 
including in 2016, God called me to plant a church. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. And yet God asked me to plant a church. And together with another couple, we planted Bamako International Church. Bamako International Church is an English-speaking church in Mali, which is a French-speaking country, and it reaches out to the internationals that are in Mali working there. We have people from different aid agencies. We have people from uh, different diplomatic circles. We have people from different businesses and some missionaries too. And we have the opportunity to worship in English. I never saw myself as a pastor, yet I... God called me to pastor this church. But God said, I'm not stopping with one. I want you to plant a second church. We also planted a church within the UN peacekeeping mission. Mali is a very difficult country right now, overrun by jihadists. 85% of the country is not under government control. The UN has a peacekeeping mission there of 19,000 peacekeepers. It's one of the most dangerous missions in the UN history. And so we planted a ministry there and a church there within the, the UN peacekeeping. Then came 2020. Remember 2020? We did it too. My church moved to my dining room. Now all of a sudden, here I am, preaching at my dining room table with my TV. But God saw me through that time too. And then something interesting happened in April of 2020. After I'd finished one of the church services, the church phone rang. And I thought, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't want to answer the phone. I'm tired. I'll just let it go to voicemail. But God said, no, go pick up that call. I answered the phone. The guy said, we're just going to call him Billy Joe Jim Bob today, Bill for short. He said, hi, my name is Bill. I'm Molly, and I live up in Timbuktu. I'm down here in this part of the country right now. I've been watching your church on YouTube, and I've also been watching some other Christian things on YouTube, and I have some questions about Christians and Christianity. Can you help me? Can you answer some questions? I said, sure, I'd be happy to. We talked for about an hour, and at the end of the conversation, he said, I like this. I want to become a Christian. What do I do? So I had the opportunity to pray with him, and he accepted the Lord. I continued discipling Bill for the next few weeks over the telephone. Two weeks into it, he told me, Pastor, he's like, who are you talking to? You! Oh, okay. <laughs> Pastor, you will not believe how much my life has changed since I became a Christian. He said, when I called you the first time, I was a jihadist. He said, I was fighting here in the north of Mali. I was fighting in, in Mauritania. I was fighting in, fighting in Libya. I was going wherever the money would take me. And he started to share some of the atrocious things that he had done. But he said, since I became a Christian, all of that is gone. I'm a new man. Amen. Amen. He said, before... I would go to, I would, before I went to bed, I would have to take drugs to go to sleep because I was so angry at night. And I woke up in the morning, I'd have to take drugs again because I just couldn't handle my anger and my frustration. It says, but today all of that is gone. It says, I have Jesus in me and I'm different. It says, I'd like to meet you. Would you have the opportunity to get together with me? And I thought, wow, what do I do with this? 
A man professing to be a jihadist just called me up and says he wants to meet with me. <laughs> I have a $3 million price tag on my head. Kidnapping is a big problem in Mali. Am I setting myself up for a kidnapping? My wife and I prayed for it, prayed about it, and just felt a very strong calling that I needed to go meet with Bill. We had lunch together. He shared some testimony, shared things that were happening in his life. I shared more about Jesus. And then he said, Pastor, I would really want to be baptized. What do I need to do? I had the incredible privilege of baptizing him in the Niger River. Today, Bill is out sharing with his jihadi friends, telling them about Jesus. He is Paul. We've talked many times about the parallels between his life and Paul's life. And today, his life has changed. God, I'm just a businessman. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a missionary. I'm not a pastor. And yet, God allowed me to help bring this man to the Lord and change his life. And today, he's now a missionary going out and sharing with people everywhere that he goes. Yeah. Amen. God is good. My wife and I have been in Mali now for 22 years, but apparently Bill was the pinnacle of my mission career because God said, it's time to leave Mali. I'm going to send you to a new place. So we have left Mali, and we are now on our way to North Africa. I can't mention the country for security reasons, but we're going to be going, and I'm going to be leading an international church there. Now, the fascinating thing about the international church in this country is that the national church is not allowed. Christianity is against the law. And yet, they allow an international church to be there. The citizens of the country are not allowed to attend the church. There are police in front of the church that are checking passports. But anyone else is welcome to come. And so we're able there to share there with other people and to help them know about Jesus. And they can then go out and be missionaries in this country. It's an awesome opportunity and something that I never expected God to do. Well, before we head out to North Africa, we're back here in the U.S. We haven't been here for five years. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> so when we got back, we've been trying to do everything we can to try to learn our culture again, learn about our culture and the second week that we were back, there was a special event that was happening. You might have heard of it, the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not a football fan. Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> but we decided that we wanted a slice of Americana. So we went out, we bought an air fryer. <laughs> we bought all the things that go into an air fryer. Cheese sticks, jalapeno bites, made nachos, wings. We had the whole setup as we sat down to watch the Super Bowl. Because the Super Bowl's not just about the game, right? It's about the ads, the commercials. And the ads here are fascinating. Now, this wasn't a Super Bowl ad, but this is one that I've been following, Dr. Rick. You know Dr. Rick? Dr. Rick scares me because I'm becoming my parents. And he reminds me of that. There's one ad in particular that's especially interesting. He's talking to a man who's a new homeowner, and he's taking care of his trash cans and polishing them. 
Do you know there's an Easter egg in this commercial? If you look on the trash cans, he has his phone number printed on the trash cans. I called that phone number. <laughs> I wanted to learn about my culture. I called that phone number, and Dr. Rick answered. <laughs> Not live, but he answered in a recording, and he says, you must be coming your parents if you're calling a phone number that you see on TV at random. <laughs> And he says, I would like to offer you a free copy of my book. Dr. Rick will see you now. And there was a link to a digital version of the book. I got it. <laughs> Follow the Easter eggs. You never know what you're going to find. So we were watching the Super Bowl, watching the commercials. And there was one commercial in particular that really caught my attention. I don't know if you saw it. I want to share it with you this morning. If you're watching on the live stream, we're going to have to, to, to silence the audio, but there's a link that you can go and watch it live. There's also a link after the video so that you can go and watch it. But did you see this ad? Maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this And see what's behind Got no way to prove it So maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? In what you believe Cause I'm only human That just happened. Jesus showed up at the Super Bowl. <laughs> 200,000 people watching. 60% of the American population saw Jesus at the Super Bowl. Twice. There were two commercials. And I was so excited about this. So I went and I started talking to people. Church the next Sunday. Hey, did you see the Super Bowl? Yeah! What'd you think of it? Well, I didn't watch the game. Well, what else did you see? Rihanna. Can you believe Rihanna? No, 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 not Rihanna. I'm talking about the ads. Oh, yeah. You mean Ben Affleck selling donuts? No. Binky Dad? No. Jesus. Did you not see Jesus? How about you? Did you see Jesus? How did you respond? Did you click on the link? Did you go to hegetsus.com? There's lots of great things there. Much better than Dr. Rick's book. So I want to invite you to follow this Easter egg to go to hegetsus.com.
There's lots of great things there. They've got incredible resources for us to share with people. There's things there. They've got version reading plans. So you can read about what Jesus said and what his life was like. They have links to a special online version of the Alpha Course. They have areas where you can send a text message and start a communication with somebody. You can go into a live chat. There's lots of great ways that you can learn about Jesus. And they have landing pages for all of the different things that our society is struggling with today. It's all about love. Jesus is about love. We as the church have messed up this story, and we've made Jesus a Jesus of hate and a Jesus of judgment, but that's not who he is. He's our Savior, and he came to love us. He gets us, reminds us of that. There's a lot of suspicion behind this campaign. First of all, why would somebody invest $7 million twice? They could have used that money for something much better, couldn't they? That was the same thing that Judas said to Jesus when the woman poured the perfume on his feet. We could have sold this and given it to the poor. But Jesus says, no, I'm more important than that. Spending $14 million on Jesus on the Super Bowl is a tiny investment. We don't know who's done it. The donors have chosen to remain anonymous because they don't want it to be about them. They want it to be about Jesus. And Jesus is worth investing in. And getting the word out is worth investing in. That's what your faith promise is all about. Your faith promise goes to help spread the gospel all around the world. And now that we're on the brink of another banking crisis, I have some advice for you. Take your money out of the bank before it goes away and invest it into something that never will go away. Jesus needs to be heard. He needs to be known. We've got these landing pages for love. There's a whole section on refugees. That Jesus was a refugee. And how should we be treating refugees? Landing page for hope. Because Jesus is all about hope. Justice. We all want justice. We're all struggling with something. How do we get through these struggles? We have people that want to be activists. How do we stand up for what's right? How do we stand against what's wrong? Our nation today is filled with outrage. How do we deal with this? How do we deal with the outrage? How do we deal with the problems? How do we deal with these problems our society has today? Jesus! It's just that simple. It's all about forgiveness, love, reaching out to others, and Jesus has set the example of us. Now, he gets the site, has something else. They have a whole merch section. They have hats. They have T-shirts. They have bumper stickers. And the amazing thing about it is their store has no way to pay. There is no payment section. They provide all of this free of charge so that we can get the message out. I have a merch table out in the lobby this morning. 
with all kinds of free things. And I want to encourage you to get some of these. Wear the t-shirt, wear the hat, put the sticker on your car. Start a conversation with people about who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. Because Jesus is here to change our lives. He is here to bring transformation, to take us beyond all of these social problems that we have. He gets us, but do we get him? I have a challenge for you this morning. I have a to-do list. The first is to get to know Jesus better. Maybe you didn't go to this website because you say, I know Jesus. None of us know Jesus to the point where we say there's nothing else to learn. There's nothing else to discover. There's always more to learn and discover. So I want to challenge you to go to hegetsus.com and start reading more about Jesus. Explore the reading plans. Explore the Version reading plans. They give a complete new perspective on Jesus and how he relates to the issues that we're facing today. Because the issues we're facing today are no different than the issues that he faced. He lived in a world of hate and outrage and frustration and political problems. And he came to set everything right. Let's use these resources to help our society understand better that we don't have to do it. We don't have to to respond in outrage. We don't have to respond kind in kind. We can respond with love. We can respond with forgiveness, with joy, with hope, and bring people something new. It's all up to us. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, the people in your circle of influence, God has put you in that circle of influence for a very particular purpose. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says, How can they call upon him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about them unless someone tells them? And how is anyone going to go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, beautiful are the feet of, beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. That's you. We are all messengers. This room today is filled with hundreds and hundreds of messengers. God wants us to take this message out to people. He wants us to share with them. I had a vision a few years ago. There's a friend that I have in Mali. He's a doctor. He's actually not Malian. He's Turkish. And I had this vision one day of standing in line for judgment. Now, this isn't necessarily theologically sound. Standing in line for judgment. I was in one line. He was in another. And I remember he looked at me He said, John, why didn't you tell me? You knew this was going to happen. You knew what was going to happen to me. Why didn't you tell me? I thought you were my friend. I thought you loved me. Why didn't you tell me? 
We need to all be looking at our friends, our co-workers, and our family members in the same light. Somebody needs to tell them. We can't wait for somebody else. It's you. It's me. We are the ones to go and speak to them. But you might be saying the same thing that I said. I'm not a missionary. I'm not an evangelist. I have no idea what to say. That's your job. It's not mine. This brings us back to Acts 8.1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're not going to know what to say right now. But God will give you the words when it's time. God will empower you. He has entrusted you with his message. It's the goal of every single one of us as Christians. The Great Commission is not just for the missionaries that are here during Reach Week. The Great Commission is for every single person in this room. Sitting in that seat right there, where I was sitting. But it's not just that seat. It's that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. Whatever seat you were sitting in this morning, God has called you. Maybe you're feeling an extra special tug this morning. So maybe you feel like God's calling you beyond Orange County. Calling you beyond Jerusalem. To go to the ends of the earth. If this is the case, I want to encourage you to speak to any of the pastors here at Calvary. Speak to anyone on the missions team. You can be equipped to go and do this. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. You can all do it. God has called us to reach out and to love. This brings us back to our theme verse for, the, for our Reach Week out of Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. We have been blessed so that we can bless others. And the best way that we can bless them is bringing them the good news of Jesus. It's time to step out. Reach Week is ending today. That means we're all equipped to go out, to take this message to the world. We need to share it. Remember at the end of the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes quoted that famous line, you just won the Super Bowl, now what are you going to do? I'm going to Disneyland. Disneyland is made out of chicken wire, plaster, and fiberglass. There's nothing real about it. What's real is Jesus. We need to step out of the magic kingdom and start promoting the real kingdom, God's kingdom. He has commissioned each and every one of us to go out and to spread his gospel. So today, I am commissioning you, every one of you in this room this morning, every person watching online, it's time to go out and speak Jesus, to share Jesus with the world.
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for entrusting us with this incredible gift. Thank you for loving us through our problems. Thank you for loving us through our conflicts. Lord, our nation is so broken right now. May we not turn to politicians. May we not turn to AI. May we not turn to any other source but you. You are our only hope. So Lord, today we come before you and we ask you to strengthen us, to empower us. Lord, may we long to grow closer to you each and every day. Lord, that person that you are putting on each person's mind right now, may you give them the boldness to step out and share today, to share who you are, the loving Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's 10.02. <laughs> That's why the alarm went off. John's phone. It's a wake-up call. It says, let's take the next step. Let's take action. We put that on our phone. Sometimes we need those interruptions <laughs> to remind us that we are called to live out the kingdom of God here and now, and then taking the next step to see God, what, what's next. And so I want to encourage you. Once again, we have these in your seat backs. Take a minute right now. If God's putting something on your heart, we want to walk with you in this. These are, this is a next step. What is my role in, or your role in the Great Commission? Let's make Jesus known together. Sometimes it can be scary stepping out saying, ah, I don't know how to step out. I don't know how to pray for my coworker or my neighbor. We want to walk with you. We want to disciple you, walk with you, encourage you, and, and be together making Jesus known together. And I know that would be John's heart this morning, that you would say, let's grab this. And this, listen, this isn't, I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to grab your information to, and pull you in. I, I want to walk with you. We want to walk with you as a pastoral staff, okay? And so I'd encourage you to take that next step. And whether that's in prayer, signing up for the 1002 uh, email prayer time, or whether it's just coming and saying, God's asked, stirring something in me, and I don't really know what that is, but maybe that thing is missions. Maybe that thing is, like John's heart, something different. I'm going to step out. We want to walk with you in that. We want to walk with you in every step along the way to see Jesus known in your life, that you would experience the blessing of Jesus in your life and blessing others. So I invite you now, if you feel like you need to respond in coming up in prayer and praying with pastoral staff, come pray with us. Enjoy this time of worship and just let this message sink in. Let the Holy Spirit be working in, in moving in your heart this morning. So come now. Let's respond.